Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you. I'll say, uh, thank you for the two people who said good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name's David, and uh, this is my family. And has been for um, very many years now. Uh, we have a very short passage this morning, um, which we're not actually going to put on the screen. I'm just going to read it to you. So this is our passage for today. Romans 12:13 says, "Practice hospitality." This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So let's get on with that. Would you like me to say some more, Anne? Uh, this is a passage that is it's a practical instruction, a practical outworking of what's in verse 10, where it says, be devoted to one another in love. Be devoted to one another in love. And that's important for three reasons. The first is that that makes us really distinctive. Jesus says in John 13, people will know you are my disciples because you love one another. It's very attractive. It's a really nice thing to be inviting people into. If we're devoted to one another in love, practical outworking, practice hospitality, that's something that people will want to come to, or want to be part of. And it's easy to invite people into that kind of thing. That's the first thing. Second thing is it's incredibly inclusive. So in our modern world and in our modern church, we hold the nuclear family very highly. Mom, dad, 2.4 kids, Labrador. That's, that's it, isn't it? Now, goodness me, that's a good thing. But in Scripture, that is rarely referred to. What you see in Scripture is oikos. You see extended family. You see collections of people, some of whom are related, some are not. Some are part of a nuclear family, some are not. Some are rich, some are poor. People have all sorts of different jobs. They're coming in all sorts of circumstances. If we, as a church, as a family here, are practicing hospitality, are being devoted to one another in love, it's very inclusive. And oikos isn't to knock the nuclear family, but it enriches it enormously. And indeed, vice versa. It's distinctive and inclusive. The third thing to say is that practicing hospitality, being devoted to one another in love like this, means that we get to be loved. And I quite like being loved. It's really nice. I want to be loved. Who wants to be loved? I want to be loved. What a nice thing to do for one another. The truth is, though, the Bible can be tricky. Really tricky. I don't mean those bits of the Bible that are hard to understand, or even the bits that are controversial. I'm talking about bits that are really easy and clear and you don't like them or you don't want to do them or they're a bit hard. And I've got to tell you folks, for many years, I hated this verse. 
practice hospitality seemed like one of the hardest, most difficult, annoying instructions that you could ever see. Now, the Lord's been helping me, but I want to take you through some of my objections this morning and see how you feel about them and blow some of them away. Now, I've got a lot of objections. We could be here well, until tea. We could do a shared tea with my list of objections. I'm going to share six with you this morning, and for that, I need six volunteers. I've got one already, two, three, four, anybody else, anybody else, five, and six. If you want to come up, and could you stand on the stage here in a line? Come and stand on the stage, yeah. Have we got, how many have we got? Four. That's great. Could you take the first one and hold it up? And the second one and hold it up? There we go. Oh, I think we've got, do you want to go a long one? Do you want to go further along? And then I can still do these in order. Can you hold that one, please? Thanks, James. There you go. Do you want to hold these up? And any way you like. So these are my objections to this verse, practice hospitality. And I want to talk you through them. So my first objection is I ain't got the time. <laughs> Frankly, I'm really busy. I'm a busy man. I've got lots of important things I'm doing. I haven't got the time for this. I really don't have the time. Do you think Jesus had a lot of time? One of the things you see Jesus doing again and again is eating with people. In fact, to the point where I remember one preacher suggesting Jesus was probably a fat man. You see him eating so often in the Bible, that's what he does. Well, they're eating, I'm eating, let's eat together. What time is that really taking? The challenge to me was to say, Invite people in to what you're already doing. So one of the things we do regularly in the week is we have an evening where we, we have tea and then we play sport together as a family. It's not high-level sport. It's, you know, Indian street cricket in the back lane. If it goes into the allotments, you're only allowed one run because it takes forever to find the blooming ball. But, we're, you know, that's what we do. And we say, come and join us in that. Come and join what we're doing. And then we're welcoming somebody in. We're having fun together had a nice time with that person or that family, and it cost me no time at all. It was doing what we were already doing. So this objection, I think, is actually not great. So you can screw that up and put it away. <laughs> Big kick, let's get rid of it. Thank you, have a seat. My second objection to practice hospitality is I ain't got the money. I just don't have the money in these tough times to roast my own coffee and aeropress it for you. <laughs> Marinating that fillet of beef, you know, it, I just, I don't have the money for this. We grew up in um, Glasgow, for those who recognize the accent, and uh, we were on a teacher's salary. So we weren't, I was one teacher's salary before the unions got onto it, so we really weren't rich. We were the richest people we knew. I mean, it was Glasgow. 
But everyone else was so hospitable. They opened the door all the time. People they were in and out of each other's homes all the time. These were people without money. The money objection is really a bit weird, isn't it? Have people over. You don't have to feed them or just extend the meal you were doing anyway. Beans on toast is a great meal. And a cup of tea goes down very well with almost everyone in Britain. I'm not sure that money is really an objection. Besides, I don't think Jesus had much money, did he? And yet he was one of the most welcoming, open, hospitable people. Oh my goodness me. In fact, he was the epitome of what it means to be welcoming. I'm not sure that one's any good. Screw it up, please. Kick it away. Thank you. Let's get rid of it. Yeah. My third objection, we've got a, a friend here who has three eyes. And my third objection to hospitality is that other people are weird. <laughs> I mean, take a look around. I mean, don't eyeball anybody, but take a look around you. We have three people who regularly come over for food with us. And they're... I mean, quirky. <laughs> two, two of them are in the room. But so am I. I mean, I obviously think I am everything that anyone should be, right? You know, I am the way people should be. This is normal. Is it? Other people can be very different to us and sometimes a bit challenging or maybe not. At the very least, quirky. But look at Jesus. He spent plenty of time with people that he got on really well with. He spent plenty of time with people who didn't really like him that much. He spent an awful lot of time with 12 people who were very weird. I mean, Simon Peter, as an example, must have driven the rest of the disciples and Jesus up the wall at times. I don't really think this is an objection. And I've got to say those to the two people in the room, but the three people, in case the other one listens to the tape, I love these people. These people are so dear to me, and it brings joy to me to come home from work and find that they're there, because I forgot which day it was, and they were coming round. But there they are. It brings me great joy. That is not an objection. Let's screw it up and get rid of it. <laughs> Whee! Objection four. I don't want to share my stuff. In our house, we love Lego. I mean, thanks, Toby. King of toys, right? I mean, who doesn't? And if you're in a house where you feel there's no excuse for Lego, you know, I don't know if anybody who's young enough to have Lego. Absolute rubbish. Go and buy yourself some Lego. Great fun. Lovely stuff. Now, our Lego is very organized because it's in my house, and um, you know, that's who I am. When people come round, you know, they, they mess it up, and bits go missing, and something gets hoovered up by accident. It's quite a traumatic process, to be honest. And yet, let 